This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, gentle listeners, and welcome to Go! My favorite sports team, Tyler Scheid here, your resident sports master, the king of balls and holes himself, alone today. Mark caught COVID. Well, I'm not really alone. I say I'm alone, but my normal host is not here. I've got my good friend Wade here. You guys know Wade from Distractable. Wade, say hi. Hey, I've actually got to go, but thanks for having me. What? No, wait, wait. That's not what we agreed to. I know, but you paid ahead of time. Uh, what, what? We paid? You get paid? I didn't get paid. You get paid? No. Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to do the intro one more time because I said gentle listeners when I meant to say um, <laughs> elegant listeners because that's our thing. Well, you definitely go with the first one. Just awkwardly put here. I'll say it. Eloquent. <laughs> Is it eloquent or elegant? Ele- elegant, not eloquent. Elegant. <laughs> Elegant. There, just use my voiceover for the elegant listeners part. Will has to have a short turnaround. I don't think he could do that. Here, we'll, we'll just start over. One little, he, look, we, we make Will do all kinds of terrible things. He I know, but he has literally one day to edit this. Oh, he's that's plenty of time. 24 hours is a five minute edit. <laughs> anyway, how, how are you doing today, Wade? I know yesterday was a bit rough for both of us with the Bengals offensive line still looking like shit. Yeah, uh, not a great start, honestly, but. You know, we still have 15 weeks left, 15, well, I guess 15, 16 weeks left, but 15 games left. So we'll see how they turn it around. Yeah. But how's life for you? What what do you got going on? I feel like we haven't actually talked in a while, um, mainly because I sit here in this podcast room, usually with Mark across from me. And, you know, I never have more time than than just Mark. I, I can't have multiple friends. You know, that's impossible. Yeah. I mean, things are good. I'm busy as always. Like I keep wanting to do, I've I've got this list of games I want to stream and I'm like, all right, this is the week I'm going to start this game. And then like something happens where I I feel like all of our friends collaborate together. They're like, all right, what if we text Wade at the same time, the same day and try to book him for the same (laughs) stuff? on any day he wants to do anything ever and i've got that like that problem where you know how like not enough of something is bad like you know you can dehydrate if you don't get enough water but if you have too much water you can drown yeah i'm on the too much scale of friends right now so i'm gonna start cutting some people out of my life so we'll have to see if you make the final cut oh that explains why we haven't talked for so long <laughs> well, yeah you reached out and i was like oh tyler finally wants to talk to me and he's like you were like let's work and i was like all right well that's fine <laughs> 
Hey, I've called you a few times where we just talked, and today, you know, this is work, but we're just we're just gonna talk. It's just a casual conversation, and we're gonna talk about you today, Wade. Oh God. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're we're gonna dive into your younger years, your middle years, and your today years about uh, how sport has impacted your life. You know. Okay. Just guess. Yeah. You know, we Mark and I did the same thing towards each other. We only did part of mine, so I think it's fair. Mark doesn't know shit about sports. I don't even know why he is on this podcast, to be honest. But. <laughs> That's the whole idea of the podcast. Wade. But I do know some stuff, so I don't even know why you invited me. You're no longer going to be like you're the guru with me around because people are going to be like, oh, wow, Wade's really the smart one in this. I'm going to make you look bad. And I feel bad ahead of time. Yeah, Wade, you're, you'll totally make me look bad. Just like you did in high school with your giant fro down the hallway when I'd holler and you'd start looking around being like, who said my name? The time I'm thinking about was actually in college. We were debating something about the Bengals offensive line. <laughs> no. And I remember we talked, we were fight. We were not like fighting, fighting, but we were like, you know, debating, arguing, whatever you want to call it for like an hour and a half. I don't remember specifically about what. But I remember it got like heated. I was like, no, Tyler, listen, I usually give in, but this time I am holding the line. I am right about this. And you were like, no, no, you are not. And I swear you texted me or called me like an hour after that conversation. You were like, by the way, you were right. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I mean, that was back in the Carson Palmer days of the Bengals. And I still believe his knee injury um, definitely had him skittish about how he was stepping up and overthrowing people. But also the offensive line didn't help. It was a combination of both of our answers. I just said I had to tell you that you were right, that the <laughs> offensive line wasn't as good as they were supposed to be. You know, just like this year. It's fine. His knee definitely uh, played a role in 2006, but I think 2006 is also when he hurt his elbow, his like throwing arm, and that's yeah. the one he really didn't bounce back from until I feel like he didn't look the same till he was in Arizona. When he was in Arizona, he had a few more really good years, but it was unfortunate. I loved Carson, so that whole fallout was painful. Yeah, it still hurts me to this day how much he has a distaste for the Bengals, but today is not about Carson Palmer, Wade. Today is about you. Damn it. Okay, huh? Try. Good try. Good try. So we're going to get into Act One your childhood all right well i had a mom i was born <laughs> and i grew up and there that's now i'm, now I'm here y you're right you're right but wade mm. we grew up together you know we were in kindergarten together and that's when we initially met that's true we don't need to talk about that story at all <laughs> um but <laughs> uh i wanted to get into like your first instance of play your first experience with like actual physical activity as far as playing and if there was a particular sport that you grabbed onto when you were you were really little all right I, I will dive into my childhood and how i got started in sports but i was told that you normally do a section of like where you get accused of stuff or something is that right yes <laughs> you're a witch no. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we can move on to my childhood. That's the only accusation I had to make, and I don't have any proof or evidence, but I just want to throw it out there and let the audience decide for themselves what they think. Um, All right. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was actually a super loner nerd kid. I had one friend uh, and one friend only. That was and Scott, right? No, no, no. This is way before Scott, actually. this is, I'm, I'm talking like birth to, let's say, six years old, like the first six years of life. I pretty much had one friend, and I didn't spend all that much time with this person. Were they an invisible friend? No, no, it was a real like person. imaginary? Uh, <laughs> I just don't want to say their name. I don't want to throw them out, out there. Like, there's nothing... You can say their first name. I'll call him Jeff. I mean, Will can always bleep it, so... I'm just going to say Jeff, which is not his actual Jeff. name. But, I mean, there's nothing good or bad. Like, the person's really irrelevant to the story. It's just, I had one friend. Most of my time, I was spent playing toys or... I don't know, just doing things by myself, reading, being a nerd. I love reading like the um, Animorph books. 
I remember reading those. those I don't remember. Books. Yeah, I don't remember when I started. I don't remember if I started. I, I, I was pretty ahead of the scale of reading wise for our age. Nowadays, kids have to know like calculus before they go into kindergarten. But yeah, for, you were a nerd. I don't even think you had to know the alphabet. I think I did know the alphabet before going into kindergarten. But I don't think we had to back then. Maybe we did. I mean, I was a nerd too. I knew a hundred times a hundred in kindergarten. In first grade, my I don't know if it was my mom, my parents, my grandparents. Somebody was like, we're going to put you and your cousin in a bowling league. So I was in a bowling league in kindergarten. And it was like, that was your first sport. My first sport was a year of bowling. And the way that it worked when you were that young was they had like those bumper things in the gutters so that you couldn't throw a gutter ball. Like no matter what, you were going to uh -huh. hit something. And I don't remember much about it other than not really caring that way one way or another about going to do it. It was just like that thing that I had to do. So went and bowled and it was fine whatever and then i was like okay well we're not bowling this year so i'm just gonna be a loner nerd and my mom in second grade was like mm, no you're not i was like what do you mean she's like i signed you up for the basketball team I was like, that uh, what? is so your mom though no you're not <laughs> go make friends she was like you are not gonna be like some creepy loner nerd and i was like mom <laughs> i don't know what i said I, I probably didn't argue at all but I think she was terrified I was going to become like some creepy serial killer kid or something if I just like <laughs> stood in the house and did nothing. So she signed me up for a basketball team and there's videos somewhere on VHS. I, I don't know if we still have it or not. I mean, it was my grandparents' possession. They passed away. It's, it's been like 16 years since I've seen or heard of these tapes, but they recorded some of my early games. And the way that I played basketball in my first couple of years was I went to the corner of the court as far away from everything and everyone as possible. And I tried my hardest not to get anyone to pass me the ball. <laughs> And that was how I played basketball, is I stayed as far away from everything as I could, though I kind of played defense a little bit. Uh, uh, when, when it came to offense, mm -mm, I was not going to be that kid to get laughed at for throwing an air ball because I was never going to shoot the ball. <laughs> That's so funny. Just thinking about the later years and how much basketball was like a huge part of your life going into high school. But thinking about you as a kid, first of all, knowing Wade in kindergarten, for the record, we're going to tell this story now. Um, Wade, <laughs> All right. Wade, Wade and our uh, our other friend George avoided me. They were the only two kids in the kindergarten class that I d think I didn't punch. Yes. We were also the only two, not coincidentally, that were taller than you. Yes, not coincidentally. That had nothing to do with that. But you did have an instance of playing uh, nose, paper, scissors, um, where you cut off the tip of George's nose. <laughs> I did. I, I It was those little, like, safety scissors, so they couldn't do a ton of damage. But I did. We were, we were sword fighting, I think. Like, we weren't fighting. We were, like, playing. But I did, like, either scratch or snip the very tip of his nose in kindergarten. And I remember I had to go sit in the hallway after I did it. Considering I was in the hallway a lot of the time. Was I in the I hallway when you, you were in the hallway, too? I think I was. <laughs> I think either you were already out there or you came out shortly after I I did. I think you were already out there and I sat on the opposite side of the door because I wanted to stay away from you because I was afraid <laughs> you'd beat me up. <laughs> so yeah, um, that was one of our first shared disciplinary experiences. And I think that is one of like three or four times I ever actually got in trouble for something I didn't intentionally do. The only other times I got in trouble was in ninth grade world studies. I just, I was the plague to my, to our teacher that year. I chose to be a thorn in his side because I felt like he declared war on me the first day of school. And I was like, mm -mm, I'm declaring war back. And I'm pretty sure I won. That's hilarious. But that's a, that's another story for another podcast. Probably not one of ours, but some other podcast if I ever get invited on, that's about revenge and evil. Revenge and evil. Nice. Nice. 
talking about your sports life, obviously learning about sports and getting into sports. I know you're a football fan. I know you were God, a basketball fan, yeah. but you were never a baseball fan. No. And why Why were you never a baseball fan? Because we've talked about this before, but like growing up, you obviously have three siblings, one younger, two older. Interacting with them has obviously impacted your life and what sports did they play and why did that have an impact on you? Well, my older brother and I didn't get along very much at all growing up, and he was a big baseball player, which may have had a part to do with it. But truth be told, my dad was a big fan of baseball and football, and I absolutely hated watching sports with him. And it wasn't because of him. I just found sports incredibly boring. I wanted to go play Sega and like play the Lion King and whatever else, Ghostbusters on Sega Genesis. I wanted nothing to do with watching sports. I actually didn't get into watching football until 2004, 2005. That was the first time I voluntarily watched it and actually started enjoying it. It was like around the time that Carson came to the team, which was a coincidence that I started watching around then. But I absolutely loathe watching almost any sport except for basketball. I loved watching college basketball prior to that. Yeah, so you were like... The majority of people that have started listening to this podcast, a lot of people didn't enjoy sports. They found sports boring. And that's kind of why Mark and I kind of came up with the idea of creating this podcast was to enlighten people about how much sports affect the world and why they're so popular and why they're so ingrained in society. And so it's really fascinating to me because I always thought you were a huge sports fan knowing you all these years uh. because we would talk about sports a good bit. We even played sports games together. We played Madden together. We played NCAA football together. Like we did a lot of sports things. We played basketball in high school, like a number different things and so that's really interesting to me that in your childhood you didn't really enjoy watching sports or even participating you hid in a corner yeah no I was not a fan at all and even like whenever we played basketball together throughout the years I was never really that big of an offensive player like I'd get rebounds but I was the guy who racked up assists because I get the rebound and throw it back out I always had like this lack of confidence this like timid nature to me where I didn't want to be the one to like screw up miss the shot and waste the possession so like that lack of confidence was really what affected me on the offensive side of the ball so I was so focused on being like a good defender the stats I cared about were rebounds and block shots and not being pushed like pushed around because I always wanted to guard the biggest guy. And if he wanted to try to push me around, I was going to hold my ground. And the way I would do that was I would like counterweight him. So whenever I saw he was about to like throw his hip into me or whatever to move me, I would throw myself back at him to like counter it. And it was very hard to like push me down toward the basket. Like I did not give up ground much. And I felt like, you know, that was something I could do. Didn't have to worry about messing up. Worst case, dude makes a shot, whatever. But I don't know. I was always timid on the offensive side of the ball. And I think a lot of that was self-confidence, which, you know, didn't really come to me till much later in life, really. Yeah. And some days it's still a problem. Like whenever we do some things like uh, filming the tour some days, like there were, there's always these days where self-confidence is still an issue. But yeah, yeah, I hated sports. And at one point, I don't even know when it came to be, but I, I guess just from playing basketball over all the years, it became a stress outlet for me. And I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it till I kind of stopped playing because I played, what was it, second grade all the way through college, all the way through high school and then a little bit in college. Yeah. And I think we're getting into act two right now. And I want to kind of stay more in those younger years. Do you think like because you got into basketball later, I know our friend Scott, our mutual friend Scott, that you met first. Mm -hmm. He got big into basketball. Was he a huge part of that, or did you end up making friends on the team? Obviously, the reason your mom put you into basketball was to socialize and to be able to meet people and, and do something active, obviously. But at the same time, for you, it was more about she didn't want you to be a loner kid. Like I think you probably would have been fine as one, but at the end of the day, did basketball and her goal of putting you into sports actually help you to be able to interact with other people and make friends? I think so, because it gave me something that I had in common. And it was like an opening ground to talk to other kids. Whereas I remember whenever I'm so I moved houses between first and second grade and I went to a different school from second grade on. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like, I no longer had that one neighborhood kid to talk to. And then I had like nobody. But signing me up for the basketball team, it's like I met and chatted with some of those kids. And at least, you know, I had that time to hang out and socialize. And I, I do think that that opened that door. Now, Scott, I think I met him in fourth grade and he moved onto the same street that I lived on. And actually, I think in sixth grade was the first time our basketball lives kind of came together. I was practicing with the team I was on, which I can't remember what who my coach was or what the team was, but his dad was his coach. And they were either practicing right after us or at the same time, like on the other side of the court. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. I think they had like cool warm up outfits or something. And they were like part of some <laughs> select program or whatever. And after that year, I ended up playing for uh, him and his dad's team, like the rest of my career, minus the two years that I played for um, the junior high school. So, which brings us into Act Two. All right. So, Act Two is kind of the later years, which is like junior high, high school okay. um, kind of era. And so you can continue with the story, obviously, going into act two, the later years. <laughs> yeah. So there were only two sports I really played in junior high and high school, uh, and that was basketball and a little bit of hockey. Wait, hockey? Yeah. Tonsil hockey. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you set me up, you dick. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. High five me. Woo. Uh, yeah, just basketball. Also, you were insanely tall in junior high and into high school. Like you finished growing at a young age. Yeah, I was. I think I was close to, if not already six feet tall, going into middle school, which for me was sixth grade, because uh, my kindergarten or my, my elementary school was like K through five. So I didn't come to the middle school till sixth grade, but I was already six foot or close to it or a little over. And I spent most of junior high and high school watching everybody else catch up. And I only grew a little bit more because I stopped around like six, three, six, four. I'm like right between the two. You're six, four. Don't don't sell yourself short. I was hoping to hit like six, seven, man. I thought I was going to hit six, seven. I was so excited, but no. Stopped around six, three which for what I do for a living is perfectly fine. Being any taller would suck at this point in life. But back then with basketball, it's like, yeah, I want to be tall. I want to block shots and dunk so easily. Uh, But I dunked my first basketball in seventh grade. And it was like a lucky because I could never really palm the ball. I've got okay sized hands, but they don't have like my thumb and my index finger don't spread apart very far to get a good grip on it. Mm -hmm. Some people have like a big, I don't know, full C almost they can make. I don't know what, what letter would describe, but you know, like the, the big, their thumb almost aims down from their index finger, whereas mine does you not. You mean like Jared? Yes. So my fingers don't spread apart all that far, so I could never really palm a ball. So in order to dunk with one hand, I had to hold the ball in my hand and also like kind of aim it down and have my wrist help hold it. I had to use both my hand and my wrist to pin it, which meant I had to get that much higher up to get it over the rim to dunk it in. So one-handed dunks were actually really challenging, and two-handed dunks also take a little bit more height because it's not just half of you that has to get up there. It's like both parts of you. So I had to kind of fiddle around with it and learn and really just jump all the time. And I was never a weight room guy. I never went and lifted weights. I never ran around and just like, you know, sprinted or jogged or whatever. It's like I played basketball. I played basketball. And I played basketball, and that was all my exercise. Yeah, but going back into middle school, when we reacquainted after you moved after kindergarten. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we met. So I think it was the lunch line. We were in line for lunch. Yes. And uh, I was standing behind you. Yep. And I don't know why, of all the people, I remembered you. I guess it was because I was afraid of you, but I saw you, and you were like, you weren't short, but I was even taller than you then than I was back in kindergarten, like in kindergarten, I was a little bit taller than you, but in middle school, oh, you can say it. I was short. I don't think you'd fully hit your growth spurt yet. And I was pretty much close to done. And I was like, well, he's not going to hurt me now, but I'll say hi to him. <laughs> so I like tapped I was you talking, on the shoulder. Huh? Speaking of which, I was talking to my best friend, Drew, at the time. And I don't remember what we were talking about, probably about the food or what we were wanting to do or what we were going to do on the playground. And I just remember you tapping me on the shoulder and I turn around <laughs> 
like, who the hell's bothering me? Because it wasn't the initial tap that I, I listened to because I was like in the middle of a conversation. It was like after like a, a couple extra ones and I just turn around like grumpily like what? And I turn around and I stare right at your belly button. Yeah, you were you you turned around and you were like looking straight ahead. And for I don't know if you were belly button hype. I mean, wherever you were, it was chest or below. Definitely. Yeah. And I remember you like tilting your head up. And just like you just kept looking up till finally we made eye contact. I think I just said hi, Tyler, and that was it. I think that was the extent of our conversation. <laughs> I think it was because I said what? Yeah, and that was it. I was, I was afraid to say anything else. I was just like hi, Tyler, and then I and I, 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 I know what to say. I don't think you knew what to say, so we just like got our lunch and went away. <laughs> but the funniest part is like I didn't remember you. I probably looked really different. Like you had some similar like features to when you were younger. Sixth grade. I didn't know what I looked like. in sixth. I think I had glasses at the time. I was wearing glasses, which was new. You definitely had glasses. Your hair was kind of like floofy. It wasn't like your full fro that you had later, but you still yeah. had your curly hair that kind of poofed out a little bit. Yeah. And I had very similar buzz cut because that's all I got as a kid and growing up and everything was I'd get a pretty short buzz, let it grow. I'd get a pretty short buzz again. And I just remember turning around and whispering to Drew and being like, who is that? Because <laughs> I didn't remember you. Well, yeah, you had no reason to. We barely talked at all. So I don't even know why I said hi when I did. But yeah, I, I definitely looked very different. I think that was another problem I had in my elementary to middle school years was when I got glasses. For some reason, glasses were a major hit to my self-esteem when I had to start wearing those. Mm -hmm. And there's a picture I took, like a school picture, where I had to like stand and like hug a tree. And my mom still has this stupid photo and she shows me from time to time. <laughs> but I feel like I look just like my grandma, like if she were young and half monkey. <laughs> and every time I see that photo, it just like devastates my self-esteem because it looks like this little old lady monkey hybrid hugging a tree. And it's just like, I feel like I should be crocheting and eating a banana. And I felt like that's how everyone saw me because that's how I saw me. And that was just like, mm -mm. definitely lowered my self-esteem. That one school photo. So you're saying Wade is half monkey, half grandma confirmed. Half grandma monkey. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really telling it all here. This is my tell all. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Uh, let me you a banana sweater. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wade. Self-esteem, uh, <laughs> come back, please. <laughs> the only thing I had was my height. That's all I had. Uh, you had a, you had a lot going for you. You were always smart. You were always good in school and stuff like that. And obviously, getting into the later years, you actually played for the school basketball team. I did, yeah, in junior high, I did. And as you and I both know, for whatever reason, at our junior high and high school, all of athletics was extremely political about who your parents were to the boosters or how well they knew the coaches going through the Milford youth system, which me and you didn't really go through. We like I did not hold baseball. I did all of my sports basically locally because I lived a little bit further out than the general uh, Milford metropolitan area. And you you had moved around a good bit because you were originally close to the elementary school. Then you switched to a different school going up and then we were in the same middle school but like me and you never were really ingrained in the system throughout our entire youth growing up in the milford system and so when we got to sports it wasn't exactly we weren't known right yeah no that's fair so when you were in junior high obviously you were the tallest on the basketball team i think only one person was maybe taller than you i don't remember if anybody was or not there was a couple of us that were close the same height well wasn't uh vondi no, no, no. I feel weird throwing out names here. There was a, a guy named Andrew that was kind of close. Okay, yeah, I remember Andrew. Uh, and I actually, I you can't You can remember. say first names. People aren't going to yeah. know who they are. I can't remember, to be honest. It's been so long now. But um, yeah, there was actually, so there was a specific event that 
I remember to bring up the political nature of uh, <laughs> the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, um, we were playing a game, and I was not a very aggressive player. I, I feel like if I had my mindset now, I'd have been a much better basketball player back then. Like I, I could play, but I didn't have the confidence in games. Like I, sh I felt like the times that I showed that I was good were when we were playing like by the pool. Yeah, and we were playing like uh, what was it, twenty one? Not twenty. Was it called twenty one? What was the game where we always like fought for rebounds and killed? It was twenty one. Okay. Yeah. So then is where like I showed how good I could be. And I remember going to a park one time and these two guys wanted to play and they're like, hey, can we do a 2v1? And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, am I the one? They're like, yeah, yeah, you're too tall, man. We can't give you a teammate. And I actually like schooled both of them. I took them both on and I went and I just dunked over them every time. Like I literally dunked like four times over these dudes and I looked like a total beast. I had that kind of potential, but like typically in games, I did not have that confidence at all. So we had a game, uh, it was at home. And one of our uh, our star players, who also had parents who were pretty well off, who I'm pretty sure contributed to the school a lot, mm -hmm. he took like a pretty hard hit to the face and he bled all over his jersey. And the ref said he couldn't go back in with blood on his jersey and stuff like that. So the coach came to me and I was like, all right, well, time for me to sub in. And he's like, I need you to switch jerseys with this player. Oh, my God. And I was like, all right, uh, coach, if that's what you say to do. Like, I didn't argue. I just, I just started taking off my jersey right there on the sideline in front of our home crowd, in front of all the parents and everything to give the other kid my jersey. And I saw my mom, like, leave Woo! the bleachers. Wade's naked! Woo! <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I guess I, yeah, I didn't really care. I was, in, I was kind of in shape, so it was like, okay, whatever, they can see my chest. I didn't really care back then. That was one thing I never cared that much about, I guess, was people seeing my body. It's like, whatever. But yeah, I switched jerseys with this kid and put on his bloody jersey. And I remember it was either after that quarter, after the game, whatever, we were in the locker room and I hear like, I, I hear my mom and it's like, I feel like I'm in so much trouble and I don't even know why. Mm -hmm. And I go to step outside and my coach is like backed up against the wall, looking like scared for his life. And my mom <laughs> is in his face, like spitting venom about having me put on some kid's bloody jersey. And his parents are there too. And they're like, well, it's not like our kids has, you know, any of these diseases or whatever. And she's like, well, how am I supposed to know that? Uh, have you got him, has he test been tested? Blah, 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 blah. How would you feel if your kid put on a bloody jersey that belongs to, like she was livid yeah. that this coach had to be put on someone's bloody jersey, which rightfully so. I mean, you know, that's not something you should do. No, not at all. It was just like, I don't know. I felt like the coach was a lot nicer to me after that, after having my mom nearly probably rip his head off because my mom was one who was like one of the nicest people and definitely could be a pushover with her kids. But when she reached that snapping point, she was the scariest person on the planet. Yeah. It's always the ones that are really nice that are the scariest when they're mad. Oh, yeah. And that was definitely my mom and a couple other. I've got like three family members that fit that criteria of like they never got mad. But when they did, you did not want to be in, in the same state. Yeah. But the crazier part to me is like you were one of the tallest dudes. You could dunk, although there was the one incident where you tripped over your own feet. But we don't need to talk about Dude, that. I, no, sir. I've told. I'll tell it. OK, I've told this story before. So this might have I don't remember if this was seventh or eighth grade. It was, again, I was playing for the school team. It was a home game. And this girl I had a huge crush on for like two years. Never had the balls to talk to her at all. Never talked to her. She was sitting front row, right? But she she was there, front row seat, sitting with like all the popular <laughs> kids. They were watching. Our hoop was right in front of that section. Yeah. I was playing defense. I tipped the ball away on a pass. Got a steal. Was dribbling down the court full speed. And whenever I whenever I hit full speed, there were like nobody that could keep up with me. I, oh yeah, you're fast. I considered myself the fastest person at our school. I was not the quickest. I would not win races where you had to be quick. At top speed, I think I was faster than anybody else. But I couldn't endure it, and I couldn't do I it. I believe for long. we raced and we tied. 
But I remember I stole the ball. I was going down the court. There was nobody near me. And all I could think was, okay, where am I jumping? I have to make sure I jump off my left foot. Mm -hmm. And do I go for the one hand or the two handed dunk? And in the process of thinking it through rather than just doing it, I stepped on my left foot with my right foot, went spiraling down to the floor, skidding face first, crossed the foul line with the ball falling out of bounds. And I looked around to see who fouled me. There was nobody within like 10, 15 feet. There was no, I couldn't pretend someone else had touched me. I just flat out tripped myself with no one around, didn't get a layup, didn't even get the shot off, just lost the ball out of bounds and ended up on my face. Yikes. Yeah, that was a moment I will never forget. And I don't know how much everyone else remembers it that was there, but for me, that was like that I want to move, change my name, and burn my past identity moment of school. Yeah, because in that moment, it's absolute silence. If anything, you hear, oh, and that's it. I wasn't the most, like, we had, we had cliques in our school. I don't feel like they were super aggressive. It wasn't like all the preppy kids were always bullying other kids and stuff. There were some that were dicks, but not all of them were like that, and... I could kind of talk to people in all the different cliques and get along with them. But it was definitely like the popular kids were there and they all witnessed it. All of my teammates witnessed it. Parents, everyone yeah. like that kind of like mattered in my circle was there and witnessed that trip. And it's just such an isolating feeling to have that kind of thing happen. Mm -hmm. But it makes a great story after the fact. All the things that are the worst thing you can go through at the time end up making great stories later, it feels like. Well, wait, did you know that I actually tried out for the basketball team in seventh and eighth grade or seventh grade? I didn't try out in eighth grade. I don't know. You and I didn't talk all that much up until we were in high school. So I don't know if I knew specifically that you did, but there were a lot of kids that did. It felt like there were a lot because I remember. So we had like the two main basketball hoops at the junior high. Mm -hmm. And then there were like, I think, four other ones they could lower. Yeah. Two on each side. So we and I remember we had like little skirmishes going on at all of them during tryouts. So there were a lot of kids there to try out. We also had during lunch, if you ate fast enough or skipped eating, you could go play basketball. I did that every day in junior high. Yeah. I sat at the table with a bunch of friends of mine during that those years. I think Mark even sat at that table in junior high, if I remember right, because a lot of his friends were there. But yeah, because Mark and I kind of became friends like late middle school at like we knew each other for a long time but it wasn't until like a certain friend's birthday party it was uh michael's birthday party and so i tried out for the basketball team and i made it to final cuts the last day you had to dribble around cones yeah and they specifically said you had to do it right-handed oh no so obviously that's not my good hand and they're forcing you to do it that way i got cut because i was not right-handed that's crazy to me because like there are so many things that I feel like when you're left-handed in sports, it gives you an advantage because it throws everyone else off their game when they have to deal with someone who's good. Like when you're when you're a defender, typically you want to push the point guard to the left side to where they have to dribble left-handed because you want them to be dribbling weak-handed. You don't want to give them that advantage of being like in their strength. For you, everyone has to think backwards because you're left-handed. So why in the world they decided that was a negative, I don't know, because I feel like that was a huge advantage you had was you could throw everyone else off their game by being good with the hand that no one expected you to be good with. Yeah. I also hadn't hit my growth spurt yet so that I was pretty short. So like, and I played, as you know, I played more like uh, a power forward than any other position back when we played basketball. Yeah. So it wasn't one of those things where I was the biggest guy to be able to do that, but I fought for rebounds. I could jump. I was fast. To this day, I remember our one race where we tied or you beat me by like half an inch. You were very mad. <laughs> you were very mad whenever that race happened because you thought you were going to like crush me. And I was just like, what's up, man? <laughs> I'm here. I, yeah. And it's one of those things like it's still 
crazy to me because like I'm really good at top speed and I, like probably in college I was faster at that point because I was obviously training hard and hard for football. Sure, man, whatever you say. Probably. I'm saying probably. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Wait, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. You're making me angry. <laughs> Which is so funny because as kids, you would be terrified of <laughs> I know. I was the one people should have been afraid of because I was actually big enough and scary enough to do something. But I was like the gentle giant who was terrified of everyone shorter than me. The craziest thing is like in high school years, you were probably the best teammate. Like when we were on basketball together because I it was senior year of high school and I stopped wrestling because I didn't want to cut weight. I got annoyed with the whole process of doing wrestling, which is the same reason why Mark quit um, freshman year. Um, I ended up stopping after junior year and they tried to recruit me back, by the way, because people got injured and they needed somebody for my weight class but i was like dude i don't i'm not in shape for wrestling i'm playing water polo and doing other stuff i'm playing basketball now and so we were on the same team and even uh scott's dad thought i was a linebacker for the football team <laughs> <laughs> but even then like i was obviously very much a defensive specialist so i wasn't really getting the ball much on offense i also didn't have that confidence in shooting but every time you would get the ball like on the free throw line for whatever reason the defender would leave me and go guard you and you'd be like oh tyler's open right under the basket <laughs> yeah so i will say that the benefit of me being the big not confident guy was the other team never knew that so they would assume that if i got the ball they needed to put two guys on me to keep me from just going and having an easy shot they had to like box me out of getting to the hoop mm -hmm. which meant that typically somebody else was wide open and being as i was a coward and didn't want to shoot the ball that usually meant that i had a very easy assist i could get by tossing it to someone else who'd be wide open on the other side of the the court so i became a very good passer a very good rebounder a very good defensive player huge on inbounds plays too and yeah i looked great on the offensive side of the board when it came to assist because yeah if you were open if it, someone was open they were getting the ball from me <laughs> i still remember i got benched because you kept passing it to me because i was wide open it was against sycamore and i hated that gym that was the same one that uh, uh jared got tackled at the end of the game yeah but you passed it to me like six times in a row and the funniest thing is i'd get the ball and then i'd shoot and i kept missing i hit the bottom of the rim i hit the bottom of the rim but i got my own rebound so i got like four shots before somebody else remember like, that yeah you got like a double double from one possession <laughs> almost because of rebounds <laughs> because I just kept missing and so like eventually Scott's dad sat me down and he's like Tyler you're just off today like everything you're doing is just off yeah. <laughs> and it was just so funny because in like two possessions I had like 10 rebounds <laughs> but I couldn't put the ball in the hoop because I had like no points <laughs> I remember I literally remember that game I, I can picture it I, I remember seeing you you were on the uh, so if you're facing the opposite hoop yeah uh, you were on the left side, yep. which I think is your weaker side because that's where you want to shoot right-handed. You were shooting left-handed, but you were on that box and you just like shot it, backboard rim, back to you. Shot it, backboard <laughs> rim, back to you. And the other guy couldn't get positioned to get the rebound. You couldn't get it in the hoop. And I was getting boxed out from the dude on me who wouldn't let me get over there. And it was just watching you rebound, 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 like over and over. <laughs> I, I can picture it. I can picture the gym. That's so weird. I've not thought about that in so long. Uh, I, I literally pictured the end of the game when we did the inbounds play and the person just straight up ran through Jared. Yeah. Obviously, everybody was like, dude, you guys have been playing super like they were playing super physical. And I just remember standing up from the bench. I'm like, is something about to go down? OK, I'm sitting back down. <laughs> the only times I ever like got good offensively 
where the games that were super physical, where something early in the game pissed got me you off. pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. If I got pissed off, then it was game over. We had a rivalry team. Uh, I'm not going to name, I guess I'm not going to say the name of the coach, but you know, it was, it was Sycamore. I forget the name. I know. I remember well, this was a friend. This was a friendly team. Yeah. I don't know if you were on my team at this point or not, but I was on. Scott's oh, wait. Are team. you talking about the. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. It's the. Uh, I'll call him Tony. Tony's team. T- the, the. His dad Mil- was also a coach. Milford. His yeah, dad yeah, was a yeah, coach yeah, yeah. of me before I went to Scott's team. So they were like our, our rival. They were our friends, but when we played against each other, we were rivals on the court. Oh, yeah. And early on, I don't remember what happened, but early on in one of our rivalry games, I think it was an accident, but one of them like elbowed me in the crotch and it like winded me for a second. And then like they scored on me afterward, like after I was like, and kind of went down, they got the ball and scored on me. And it like Dragon Ball Z, Gohan going Super Saiyan 2 <laughs> against Selled me. Like I, I had the snap <laughs> and that game, I went off. I think I put up like 36 points. I had like 16 rebounds, 11 blocks. I, I That was the best stat line I'd ever had. And it was the first one that my girlfriend at the time had come to watch me play. And so she was like, wow, you're actually really good at basketball. Every other game I had like two points and looked like a complete tool. But that one game, <laughs> I looked fantastic. And it was all because I got hit in the groin in like the first two minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely wasn't on your team at that point because I didn't play with you until senior year of high school. And then... We only played them like twice. You got pissed one game, um, because again they were the they're the same thing. That was, um, <laughs> but I, I think I also got pissed that game too. That one wasn't actually an official game. That was us doing a practice scrimmage, and I, I know things got heated because at the end of the game, like we ended up winning by like two points, but like everybody was like ready to fight. Yeah, and I was like, this isn't happening. We had a, there were a couple of teams that we played against where. I remember when they tried to beat up our coach in the parking lot after one game, like the parents of the other team. Mm. There were some schools that you played, and they were definitely a little bit more aggressive than others. I know the the Kings game was the the game that Scott got hit, and <laughs> Brandon got off the bench. Our smallest player <laughs> got off the bench and started getting in the face of the player that hit Scott. <laughs> Do you remember the game where like their strategy was to take out our point guards? Oh, yeah, that was that was that Kings game. That was the same one. Yeah, yeah. because I remember uh, Taylor, Brandon and Scott, all three, they were just like running into it full speed. And like, I mean, they were taking big hits. It was like football style hits. Yeah. And they'd be called for a foul. But it's like, OK, they got two fouls. But we've also got three players that can almost barely walk now. Yeah, that was the game where I think I had the most points because they you'd get the ball and you get double team left me wide open under the hoop and I didn't miss because I, I remember we were at like a King's school. It was over by King's Island because I remember afterwards we went and got like Powerade at that uh that Ameristop or something that was right there. Uh, that was, you know what, going back to act one, one of the best things about youth basketball and the reason I didn't hate it was because after the games, you'd go out and they would have those little stands where they would sell like airheads and candies and stuff. Yep, yep, the candy. Stand. Yes, that was like, oh God, I had to go hide from the basketball for an hour, but at least I get three airheads now. <laughs> I remember, Do you remember like, that was I put up with that crap, but I was like, at least I get candy. Do you remember at the the junior high they had that ice cream machine that would vacuum stuff up? No, I don't. Oh, so after every uh every time we were in that gym, every wrestling meet, or if I went to the basketball game, I would get the Choco Tacos 
Klondike Choco Tacos from that machine. And every time I would get like one extra because they stuck to each other because for whatever reason, like the freezing thing wasn't great. So it kind of melt a little bit and then it'd create like ice on the outside from condensation and they'd stick to each other. I remember buying one of those and getting like six of them in one go and being like, I can't eat all of these. Who wants one? <laughs> I never ate any of those because they had the word taco in the name. They were so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it now, but at the time I knew I hated tacos and anything that had the word taco in the name, I would not touch. That's true. That's true. All right. Final act. Act three. This is going to be a real short one. <laughs> Today. Adult me has not been very good about keeping up with sports. Yeah, but this isn't necessarily about your sports life because this, this gets into the interesting part of like how sports has evolved for you because obviously in your childhood, you didn't like sports. You didn't start out playing sports. And in act two, you got really into it. You were a big time basketball player. You hit your stride. You played. And so like act three going into like college, you know, you kind of got into other stuff, but now you're more into gaming and things like that. So without talking about necessarily, you know, you've fallen off. I think if you wanted to play basketball or had a group around, you probably could and would enjoy it again. Would you say that? Yeah. So this year, Molly and I actually have gone to our um, local basketball court. Like there's one in uh, near where we live mm -hmm. and we've gone and we've actually played together a little bit and I actually did I really enjoyed it and I almost broke my own ankle one of the days I was like yeah it, it, muscle memory is a crazy thing like I can't make a shot but like I feel like I still have I, I still have the right motions but my accuracy is gone mm -hmm. but I was trying to like dribble around I could still dribble all right and I was like you know just dribbling around trying to make some cool cuts do like a reverse layup that kind of stuff and I remember I, I went to dribble I went dribble between my legs and I tried to do a turnaround jumper and my brain was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And my body's like, dude, it's been 10 years. <laughs> and my ankle just like crushed over sideways. And I remember like, I was like, Molly, I need to go home now. And I like just limped back home sadly because I couldn't walk. But I, other than that, yes, I love being back out there playing again. That's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're back out there and doing that stuff. That's really cool. I need to do it more, but yeah, getting back out there for the first time in a long time was really nice. Yeah. But most of my sports life after high school was not playing, unfortunately. Yeah. But now looking back on it, you look at the fact that like you have a bunch of these friendships that you got from sports. I mean, the biggest way that me and you ended up becoming friends was playing 21 at the old neighborhood basketball hoop by the pool. I know you were like hesitant to hang out with me because I, I became friends with your your friend from your neighborhood, yeah, um, Jared. And at the end of the day, like you were hesitant to hang out with both of us because you were like, he was a mean kid. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think I probably even told you. That's probably like, dude, I don't know about hanging out with Tyler, man. He's he's a scary one when we were younger. <laughs> I probably had yeah. told him that. You told me later on this was the case, but I didn't know that. But every time like I'd go over and we'd hang out like I'd hang out with Jared, there were multiple times would be like, hey, we should get Wade and play basketball. Because like, you know me, I'm, I've always been like an outdoors person. I'd want to do 100%, something active. And yes. fun. We'd be playing video games. And after like half an hour to an hour, you'd be like, all right, you guys want to go do something like actually fun? <laughs> it's like, what, what, what do you mean? We're having a great time on Diablo. And you were so eager to get outdoors and do anything outside. Yeah. Oh, I miss it so much. That's the biggest thing I struggle with today. Do you feel like you miss that at all? Or do you feel yes, like... 100%, yeah. You do? Yeah. I'm trying to think of a friend that I still talk to from, you know, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, anyone that I did not play basketball with and I'm struggling. Like a lot of our friends that we record and do stuff with weren't athletes at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could say Mark, but I kind of got to know Mark more a little bit in college and then mostly after like he and I got a lot closer through YouTube and stuff than we were before that. But like most of the people I stay in contact with are people I met through playing basketball. 
there was something about that friendship that just held on stronger than people that I didn't play sports with, which is kind of strange. I'm not sure, but it's like a that brotherhood, I guess, or sisterhood or yeah. whatever you want to call it. But it's that shared strife, probably, of like, we've gone through the grind of training. We've gone through the highs of winning, the lows of losing together. And like, there are times you and I have been at each other's throats, just angrily yelling or whatever. Then we'll, you know, we'll apologize, get along afterward. It's, there's so many emotional highs and lows that I feel like when you go through that with someone and you survive it, then your friendship is stronger for it and you can survive disagreements and stuff and other things because you've gone through it already because when you're on a basketball court and someone's being selfish with the ball or they're just not in their a game they're not playing well or they're in their own head and you have to go tell them like dude either go sit on the bench or get it together because you are costing us this like when you have to have that talk and then they fight back mm -hmm. and testosterone starts getting high and you start yelling at each other and then like you know you hug and make up later I, I truly feel like that strengthens a friendship over time because it's a conflict that you go through a lot and you survive it and you guys have that shared experience you have that shared scar and you know that no matter what bullshit the other one does it's like you know what i've dealt with their bullshit before i'll deal with it again they've dealt with mine before they'll deal with it again and i do feel like that a lot of my friendships are still strong because of that yeah and i mean mark wasn't really like he would say he wasn't an athlete because all he did was like he did throwing in track and field in high school and then he didn't really do any other sports didn't he do wrestling at one point or am i thinking of something else he did like we met through wrestling that's how mark and i met back in like fourth grade he played football with this whenever i mean it wasn't like for a team but when i, when I was with my um my ex we used to go to a park and like a group of us would play yeah. football it was too untouched but i mean he was great you'd throw him the ball he'd catch he was fast like he was i think he was athletic i think he was that, that counted to me as a sport he definitely had the physique and the ability he just never really participated in sport other than like a few things here and there like wrestling and it was usually by like outside pushing not because he necessarily wanted to I mean, yeah that's fair. and so like he wouldn't consider himself that, but me and you obviously see him as an extremely athletic person. Like I got him into rock climbing and when I was training for American Ninja Warrior back in 2015. But like you met him through our friend group where a lot of them weren't necessarily the most athletic, but they also did sports and they also were athletic. It was definitely the nerdy group. It was like the we're going to be your boss one day group. Very intelligent, like hardworking students. Yeah, they, they weren't the ones that were like the varsity players all the time, but they were the ones that like they still did athletic stuff. Like I know Dan did athletic stuff. Michael did athletic stuff. But like Drew on that wasn't the biggest into that. A lot of the girls definitely weren't. Some of them were. I know Corinne was extremely athletic, but that's also how we met Jesse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I like your point about how like the bond of being in that together, teamwork and stuff like that really like strengthens a friendship. But to me, I always thought of it more of the fact that like you get an extra level of knowing the person because you have to instinctually like understand where they're going to be. It's almost like a mind meld because it's not like you talk about it, right? You just kind of pay attention to what they're doing and anticipate what they're going to do. Yeah, and that's true. And I guess for some of it, I don't know what the word is to describe it, but whenever you're in a locker room with dudes and you're like forced to change and whatever in front of each other, get comfortable with each other on that level too. And like, you know, th there's just a lot to it that creates a unique chemistry with you all that like, you know, that it, it, it's a, I don't know. I know people that like um, uh, go into the military. We've had a few friends that have gone to the military that talk about like the the mm -hmm. the group they were with, you know, the, the company or whatever. The brotherhood. Like there's some kind of brotherhood there that you can't really explain, but it's there. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't the same level. It's not war, but it's still something that you're right. It's a struggle, a, a shared struggle that you guys have. 
that puts this like imprint on you. And even like the people I didn't really like that I played with over the years, like I still think about them more than some of the other ones that I went to school with and talked to because we had those shared struggles. Cause they were, you know, we had the meatheads. We definitely had the meatheads on our team that were mm -hmm. very much like high school was the epitome of their lives. They were probably taking steroids and who knows where the hell they're at now. Probably nowhere good. Uh, but you had a lot of them that were, you know, just like us that played, enjoyed it. And then now they're doing whatever with life and have moved on and to bigger, better things. But yeah, I mean, there was something about being on the court with people, going through practice, talking strategy, fighting with, you know, making up with. Uh, it's something that I've not had a similar experience of in my adult life. Yeah. I mean, I guess the tour, when we did the tour, that was, yeah, there was that was a similar thing, I suppose. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are a couple things like that. The tour and some of the filming. The filming doesn't last as long. But being on tour for like a month, that's definitely a similar type thing, I would say, actually. Yeah, I think if you're on if you're on set as long as I was, you'd recognize that bond a little bit different. Maybe it's something about being a part of something greater. Like you're a collective, you're a cog in the wheel. And at the end of the day, like your contribution matters. And that's the real thing in society, right? Your contribution still matters. It's just less obvious what you do impacts it. Yeah. But in these small areas of like sport or filming something and being on set the entire time, you find a greater understanding of how important your piece is to making the whole what it is, to having success, to creating something bigger than yourself. And sports is a, a small subsect of that because it's it's one of the most accessible ways to do that, right? Yeah. Because there's youth sports and there's sports all over the world and it gives you that opportunity to be a part of something bigger than yourself in team sports. Even individual sports like swimming, for example, is much an individual sport. It's a virtual team because they accrue points. But even then you have that camaraderie because you're in there, you're training together, you're around each other, you know, and you, you create those bonds and those memories to where it, you are a part of something bigger than yourself. I I think Mark and I touched on it with something about like your social responsibility. It's the biggest way for you to understand how you doing stuff impacts the whole. If you don't do your job or train hard enough, it's going to show. You're going to be a weaker part of that whole and you're going to let your teammates down. And in the other section is like if you push really hard and do that, then you recognize how much that matters and impacts the greater success of everybody. That was a hell of a fortune cookie he must have gotten to say come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, to wrap it up, Wade, I wanted to toss you two questions. The first one is looking back on all of this, and that's the whole point of why I started with the childhood to the middle years to today. What do you think sport really gave to you, and why do you think it's so important and ingrained in society how it is? Well, I mean, physical health. Definitely feel like I was in the best shape of my life when I was playing sports a lot. And I think that that aided me in uh, getting lots of those tonsil hockey opportunities through uh, junior high and high school. <laughs> <laughs> that means making out, guys. It means making out. Um, I'm still envious of the fact that you... Anyway, we won't get into that. I had, like, no dating history until, like, senior year of high school. And Wade was like, oh, I had a girlfriend, and then we broke up, and then I had another one. <laughs> you know, the, I, this is a little bit of an aside here. No relationship that I had... Let me Let me think about it. There was one... Yeah, no relationship that I had prior to Molly did I actually go out of my way to get. All the ones prior were either a weird coincidence. The very first girl I quote unquote dated, it lasted two months and we only saw each other in person like one time, was because I was hanging out with a group of kids at Kings Island and one of my friends was like, hey, that girl's cute. I'm going to talk to her. 
and we like ran into them a couple different times, made small talk, whatever. I was like, dude, this is so awkward. We don't know them. This is so weird. And ultimately, the girl that he wanted to talk to, I guess, thought I was cute. And they went to like ride the train later that night. And uh, he went to go sit with her and she like moved past him and sat on the train by me. I remember it just happened to work out like that. I I made no moves. I had no game. I did nothing. It was just she was into me, not him, I guess. The other ones were literally like me telling a friend. I was like, I think that girl's cute. I kind of like her. And then they did all of the work to set us up to talk. I was a coward. I was so afraid of rejection that until my friends had virtually guaranteed me that they were interested in going to say yes, if I asked them out, I did not try. Way too scared. Meanwhile, Tyler goes, I have crush on you. No, I have crush on No, no, no. <laughs> Still to this day. Again, this is a little bit of an aside. I apologize. But I remember after my ex-fiance and I split up, I went out like to bars for the first time in my life. And I like went out trying to like find and meet people and it never worked out. And the only time I ever really talked to somebody or like had an interesting conversation that could have possibly led somewhere were the nights that I wasn't looking to find somebody. If I was just out with friends, having a good time laughing, someone would come up and like introduce themselves or some situation would happen where I'd be like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then like we'd hit it off. Anytime I was like trying really hard to find a relationship, it never worked. It was only whenever I wasn't looking for one that like one would crop up somehow. I don't know how to explain it, but that's just the way it always has worked out in my life every single time I had given up on finding a relationship and was just content trying to get back to figuring out my career my future making like drunk Minecraft with Mark and stuff whenever I met Molly was not looking for anybody at that time can we just say that Molly also made the first move she definitely made the first it's there's video evidence of her making the first move <laughs> the drunk Minecraft episode the proposal no not the proposal it was um oh, it was the marriage one what was the marriage one called um maybe that was called the proposal no it was the proposal yeah it was no it the proposals happened... were actually asked her out the marriage one was something different correct the marriage one was when Bob and Mark got married on the yeah, server. It was when they got, they got married and Molly was like, who wouldn't want to marry you? Like, yeah, she definitely like hit on me first. And she she was like, I, I don't know. She's she's such like a, a soft-spoken introvert sometimes that it blows my mind that she had the balls to like come out and speak first like that because I'm extroverted. I never would have had the balls to do that. Yeah, It worked. I mean, she got me on a hook and reeled me in. But uh, yeah, she no, she made the first move. All right, getting back on track, what sports contributed to you? Do you think that that's why you're an extrovert instead of an introvert was when you were forced into sports? I honestly think it had a huge part in it. Yeah. Okay. I think that being a part of a sports team and like being forced to socialize with other kids opened me up. I also think part of my extrovertedness comes from being in my family. My family is very extroverted. And if you wanted to get food or if you wanted to be like somebody to pass you something, like in order to accomplish anything in my family, you have to be able to speak over everybody. Yeah, to be loud. And you only accomplish that by being an extrovert. Any introverts would have starved to death and died. <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> they would not have lived in my house. Very sad All to right. say. We, my, <laughs> my 13 siblings that did not make it were the introverts. <laughs> you starved, you small baby child. <laughs> you didn't ask for mother's milk. Should have spoken up, bitch. <laughs> it's your fault. Moment of silence for little Timmy. All right, that's enough. You're gaslighting your non-existent siblings. <laughs> we can fix this in editing, right, Will? <laughs> yeah. uh, next question. All right. So you think sports had a huge impact on your life and obviously health wise, as far as did it, did it help your confidence? Cause in basketball, like you eventually got there, right? Yeah. I, I think, I think it helped in a couple of different ways. I think 
I, it helped my confidence in making friends mm-hmm. uh, because I was just more comfortable talking to people. And by talking to my teammates, they would introduce me to people and like, you know, open me up that way. And especially in my younger years, like not everyone that played basketball in their younger years, like me, really wanted to necessarily be there doing it. So you kind of met people from different walks of life. And I think I was able to socialize with a bunch of different people from a bunch of different groups my entire life because of that. Like I wasn't just part of one clique. I kind of fit in as a outsider with each group. I think the physical shape helps. I think whenever you feel good about your conditioning, which I don't right now, but I did back then, I think that helps your confidence some. You know, you look in the mirror and it's like, holy crap, I have abs, which lasted me all of six months in my life, but I did once. <laughs> um, that helps. And like I said, I don't know, there's something about that that struggle, that that mindset, that like aggressive mindset that comes out whenever you're competing that for me, yeah, it, it, may, it helped me realize if I get pissed off, I can perform a hell of a lot better. So sometimes it works for me to just be pissed about something. Seems like it's good for your mental health. I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's why I play a bunch of games that make me angry. <laughs> I meant that it's just a release. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant, too. You know, when you're stressed and stuff. But okay, yeah. <laughs> and I get really good at tonsil hockey when I'm angry. Man, if I got oh, some my... film to show you later. All right, you're a professional tongue wrestler confirmed. <laughs> um... <laughs> State champion two years in a row. All right, and the last, the last question, seeing as you are weirdly the first guest even though you're more of like a co-host for this episode in some capacity the one thing we will always ask the guests because it's the title of the podcast go my favorite sports team what or who is your favorite sports team or sports person oh man it's got to be the Bengals. i mean my mom i watched it with her still talk to her about it she still texts me on game day i remember my grandma having it on my dad having it on and the whole reason i started watching the Bengals in the first place was after my dad and my grandma passed away and i like wanted to feel connected to them i remembered how much they enjoyed watching it and they got so into it you know all of the pain we've had being a Bengals fan in our lifetimes not seeing a playoff win till this last year but still sticking by them through it all and this year being rough but it's like it's got to be them the bearcats are a close second basketball their basketball team and their football team have been huge and i went to uc but uh i've got to give them the Bengals. fair no rings I, I can't wave my super bowl rings in people's faces like patriots fans everyone else does but honestly if you can stick by a team that struggles i feel like that shows your fanship a lot more than being like oh look at me i have the team that's won it all it's like okay great but have you ever had to like sit there and struggle with your team and watch those painful years? And some people have. You know, the Patriots weren't good prior to like 2000, but most Patriots fans now have had 20 years of success. Steelers fans have had tons of success. We have struggled and we have stuck by our team. And I think that says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Screw you, winners. It's better to be a loser. <laughs> <laughs> it shows better character traits. It's, I, I've got to compensate somehow for it. <laughs> Well, Wade, where can people find you? Talk about where people can go listen to you. I know the Distractable Podcast is a great place to go with you, Wade, Mark, and Bob also there. And then also Lord Minion 777 on YouTube. Where else? Minion 777 on Twitch. You pretty much covered all the other bases. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't really do the TikTok thing yet, though I've been told I need to. I got an Instagram. I think I'm the Lord Minion 777 over there, but I don't post it there all that often. But when I do, it's usually my pets or something. I don't know. I'm just on the internet. I'm the bald, bearded, tall idiot. Well, thank you, Wade, um, for joining us in this impromptu last minute situation because of Mark's illness. I hope Mark feels better soon. I hope we'll have him back on the podcast, obviously hosting at the same time. I do too, depending on the check. If the check's big enough, then he can be sick next week too. And just call me back. (laughs) 
<laughs> what check? <laughs> I need to know about these checks. Anyway, please make sure and check out the Go My Favorite Sports Team YouTube channel. Check out the merch store.gmfst.com. The YouTube channel is youtube.com slash gmfst. And make sure and subscribe, follow whatever it is on your listening apps that you're listening to the podcast on. And uh, yeah, download those episodes because that's apparently a huge stat for us. So that's that's all I got. And remember, you don't have to be an athlete to play tonsil hockey. All right. Bye.